Okay, welcome to the Common Chaos Podcast. This is the working class violence version of the show. I am joined by my good buddy, Jordan Madra. What is up, Jordan? How are you, man? Doing good, man. Recovering. Good, good. I was, good. It was a long, long night. It was a long night indeed. Uh, for those of you that are unaware, we are reviewing and previewing uh, UFC 273. We had two episodes leading up to last night's UFC 273 fights that took place from Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, you can go check those out at the website, uh, podcast. Obviously, you're listening to it on YouTube, Facebook, all that good stuff. You guys should be able to find it. So last night was UFC 273. If you haven't seen it, spoiler alerts are coming, but you've been living under a rock. You really should know what is going on. Let me throw up a couple different things for you guys. Boom. We got the review going. As always, let's get the formalities out of the way. Keep yourself healthy. Keep yourself in shape. Keep yourself looking great and give back to great causes, guys. Support the podcast by reaching out to one of our sponsors and picking up some of their products. The first one's going to be Fightback CBD. You can check them out at fightbackcbd.com. You can save 20% on all their items, whether it be a rash guard, their CBD supplements, their roll-on applications, their bath bombs, their brand new BCAA formula that you can use during your workouts, whatever they got. You guys can save 20% in proceeds, go to those, uh, go to sponsoring those in recovery or on the path of rehabilitation. You guys should check out my episode 59 with George, with uh, Justin McClenney. He is the owner and founder of Fightback CBD and a, uh, a fellow jiu-jitsu practitioner and MMA nut. He's a huge MMA fan. We talked a bunch of fight stuff, a bunch of wrestling too. He's a huge wrestling nerd and he's an all-around great guy. He started Fightback CBD so he could give back to the community. Uh, he himself is on the journey of recovery and understands the importance of a support system. And we talk about that um, ad nauseum through both shows here at Common Chaos. And I hate the scene, of course, because, uh, yeah, recovery is uh, prevalent in both. So, you know, give back to a good cause, help someone in need, and give uh, get some great products at great rates. And, uh, yeah, stay healthy, guys. Fightbackcbd.com. Save 20% by using the promo code chaos let's get it jordan you can do that on screen sir like a man thank you no i didn't even mean it just, it just you can to work you, out that way yeah it did yeah it did go ahead and rip it while i read this next read you ready <laughs> boom phoenixfit.com there you go phoenixfit.com phoenixfit is one of the fastest rising gyms in the united states based out of utah they are not only a gym but they are also a supplement and fitness uh apparel company they are Completely 100% manufactured and produced here in the United States of America, and they are an amazing brand. You guys can get some top-of-the-line premium supplements at a discounted rate by using the promo code CHAOSFNX. They've got supplements. They've got gym gear. They've got gym apparel. They've got duffel bags, backpacks, accessories, all the shit you need. Um, They're fucking pre-workout. I can't talk about enough. They have a phenomenal AM and PM version of proteins. Jordan, check this shit out. Their AM protein has a bunch of like green tea extract and um, caffeine or like uh, coffee bean extract and a bunch of other stuff to like wake you up. And it's a protein supplement. Yeah, it's pretty dope. And then they have a PM supplement that you mix up after a workout at night. And it's got melatonin. um, It's got valerian in it. It's got a bunch of other stuff in it to help you go to sleep. Uh, fucking some great products. You guys can save 15% by using the promo code again, chaos FNX at checkout for every item purchased through phoenixfit.com, not just every order, but every item. So if you guys order anything and use my code, if you get three or four items, they're going to donate a gallon per item to someone uh, in need, be it here in the United States or all over the world. They dropped this statistic that like 11 million people here in the United States alone don't have access to clean drinking water over i believe it's 600 million people worldwide or some crazy statistic like that don't have access to like clean water and sanitation so um phoenix fit tries to give back and they've already donated over like 600,000 gallons of water to, to people that oh, need yeah, it so awesome. yeah it's pretty dope pretty dope and that's every item so you get two items three items four it doesn't matter they're donating a gallon of water to someone in need you guys can check it out at phoenixfit.com learn more about the uh, live program which is going to be that program i just mentioned and save yourself 
some money on some awesome products. Chaos FNX is the promo code. PhoenixFit.com is the website. Go get yourself some. All right, man. Well, um, you can also check out our other podcast, I Hate the Scene, at uh, every Friday live here on Facebook, YouTube, um, and all that good stuff too. We, we cover music, pop culture, and all that shit. So if you like me and Jordan, you can check us out there as well. And a ton of shit talking. And a ton of shit talking than my friend Matt, who for sure was at the Capitol riot on January 6th. But Oh, my that. God. Anyways. Wow. So this he is... He to defend himself that he wasn't <laughs> either, which is fucking... Find out more Friday night, 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. It might be late this Friday, by the way. It's my uh, it's my wife's birthday, and we're I'm just, we're doing a bunch of different Ooh, shit throughout the week. Shit. But Friday night, I might appear like I might make a late entrance, a late run in on the show. It's all right, it's all right, fashionably late. It's how I like to do it, man. All right. All right. So a review Let's of UFC 273, tacks. Jordan. Yeah, man, this thing was intense. We 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 made some right predictions. We made some accurate and some not so accurate predictions. We uh, were primarily in in line with a lot of the things we said, man. <sighs> like I said, Jacksonville, Florida. Let's start from the top of the marquee. Alexander Volkanovsky, the featherweight champion of the world, defeats our boy Korean Zombie Chan Sung Jung round four TKO in what I would consider to probably be his best performance to date. And a completely one-sided affair, unfortunately. Absolutely dismantled him. What was your takeaway? He, he beat him to the point he actually looked like a zombie. Like, beat the shit. Yep. Like, I've seen Maybe. people online saying that the corner should have stopped it. There should have been a corner stoppage. Which is like, I, I mean, I'm not going to I don't really have a take on whether I agree or disagree with that or not. Because, like, I just... I feel like that was a great stoppage by Herb. Dude. Like was... he finally, like he gave him a chance to come back. Because I mean, like from, for what it's worth, Zombie is a, is a great fighter. He can take a lot of fucking damage. But man, this guy—I mean, we gotta really start talking. We gotta start putting him in the com- conversation of greatest featherweight of all time. Like we we really gotta start having that conversation. But who 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 in the division is gonna compete with this guy? Like, you know that's that's my question on all of this. We for my takeaway from this fight is who can actually compete with this guy? That I don't know. That is that is something that you know. Okay, I'm gonna parking lot that question, and we're gonna go who's next first. Um, I asked you a little bit earlier before we went live. What do you think led to Volkanovski's victory here? What do you think is obviously other than him being the best in the featherweight division? But what tactically do you think? he did that uh, made the fight happen the way that it did. And what was your main takeaway from it outside of that? He is still the best. Like, did you see anything that was maybe a hole in his game? Obviously there wasn't, but did you see anything that maybe he lacked in this fight that he had in other fights? Did you see something he emphasized this fight that you haven't seen before? What did he do to get it done? And and what did you notice? No, man. first off, he just let, he was just, he's just letting his hands go. I mean, he's, he is boxing. He boxed him up. Mm-hmm. And like, I think really what it just comes down to is this dude is very smart in his preparation. He goes out and executes his game plan every time. And it doesn't matter how it's got to get done. He's going to get it done. It, it like, it is it, just, he, he beats everybody. Some, sometimes at their own game. I mean, shit, he fucking boxed all the way. Like, so we mentioned it. He did. He did. And we mentioned it last, or well, yeah, all throughout last week that um, he's great at creating those angles and doing like that bum rush boxing, like you were saying, right? And really stopping people's momentum. And he's he picks up their rhythm and he stops their momentum. And he does so with this in and out, very accurate, high pace striking that he does. And he obviously obviously threw that on this entire this entire fight you know it was a lot of this it was a lot of zombie throwing and a lot of his face just getting mangled and contorted and like you said he did look like a zombie come the end of you know of the fight this is just some early damage that he was wearing right there but for the most part he didn't he didn't fare well whatsoever he was slow you know he obviously has guts and grit and and didn't go didn't go out lightly uh, as you kind of prefaced the, there was some talk of the corner 
of the corner stopping it. I really want to point out her being in that situation. Those not familiar with MMA and the way that the stoppage was, he was looking at Zombie between rounds three and four and was paying attention to him. And I think even asked, you know, the doctor was in there for a brief second, right? But he even asked, you know, are you sure you can? And he shook his head or whatever. And I don't know if he actually didn't ask, are you sure? He asked Korean Zombie if you were okay. Of course, Zombie's going to say yes. But uh, they didn't really touch on this much. But between third and fourth round, Volkanovsky looks at Korean Zombie and goes, are you sure? And Zombie shakes his head yes. And Volk goes, okay. And they go out there. And they go out, they touch hands, and they fucking go. He asks him in the cage, are you sure? And fucking Zombie complies, and they go. So Volk knew going into the fourth round, kind of like the Adesanya, I'm ready to die. I'm ready yeah, to die yeah, going into yeah, here. Yeah, you know, yeah, we're going to really sure. talk about that later during the Hamzat Burns fight. But that that was a level that Volkanovsky got to tonight that was very apparent where he said, I'm going to I'm going to draw the line here. You have a chance. Do you want to take it or do you want to like, what are we doing here? He complied. All right. And within what? I think it was 45 seconds, 47 seconds. Yeah, he, he, you know, and Herb Dean stopped it in mid strike. Like he had pieced him up with a good three, maybe a four piece combo. And Herb Dean said, no, you can't do it. Nah, and that's just not. what it was. All fight. It was, it was <laughs> him getting shot. No reaction. You know, he hit Volkanovsky a couple times, a couple good leg kicks, a couple good leg kicks early on. But outside of that, he was just in there trying to keep up and he couldn't. And unfortunately, Volkanov, I mean, not unfortunately, unfortunately for Zombie, he wasn't able to win. But fortunate for Volkanovsky, he cements himself as as the the reigning, you know, obviously featherweight king. He might be up there even higher on the pound for pound list. He looked phenomenal. People are saying perfect performance. Um, my big thing again, he a masterclass at his at his game plan, which is to get people off of their rhythm and then barrage them with again technical striking, angles, great head movement. He's got a great chin. He's just got a great combination of just so many things. And he's no doubt the the best in the featherweight division. Obviously, I think what's next is what is also the biggest takeaway from this fight is He's clearly decimated everybody in that division that's worth a note. That being Brian Ortega, Max Holloway. You can maybe throw in... I mean, no, we'll keep it there. The people you have below them are going to be, I believe, Calvin Cater. Let me pull up the featherweight rankings real quick. Yair Rodriguez Rodriguez is obviously in there. At some point, if he keeps winning. Like if he yes. comes back, keeps his comeback going. This is fucking stupid because it's not the USC one. Not the USC one. Thank you. Uh, so featherweight is going to be Alexander Volkanovsky, Max Holloway one, Brian Ortega, Yair Rodriguez, Chan Sung Jun, Calvin Cater, Arnold Allen, Josh Emmett, Giga Chikadze, Brian Mitchell, Danny Gay. So you're looking at Brian Ortega, who just came off a loss of Volk, Max Holloway, two losses, but. He just came off a dismantling of Calvin Cater. Calvin Cater, coming off the Max Holloway loss, just gave a beating to Giga Chikadze, who has decimated everybody else in front of him. Josh Emmett is on a tear, sitting at number seven, one above Giga Chikadze, but he hasn't fought in almost a year and a half, and I believe he's lost some of his steam. Arnold Allen is just thrown in there completely in the mix and is basically juggling wins and losses after a streak or two. I mean... Fuck Dan Hooker up. Yeah, he did. And Yair Rodriguez is, I mean, took some time off, came back, and has looked really good, beat Chan Sung Jung, lost to um, Max Holloway, right? Yeah, yeah. Max Holloway fucked him up. You know, so everybody below Holloway and Ortega, who Volk has already beat, is sitting at this, we're juggling wins back and forth. So there's no clear top heap of the division that's really standing out to compete against Volk. I haven't really heard anybody talk about this, you know, is it potential that maybe he goes up looking at the Oliveira Gaethje fight and maybe see some money and some greener pastures over there? We could throw him a new name in Calvin Cater or a Josh Emmett or a Yair Rodriguez. Maybe we could throw him a name potentially, you know? Um, but I mean, ultimately outside of the Max Holloway fight, what are we doing? Who's, who's he facing? That's that's the fight. Honestly, like not for nothing. Like the I, the UFC loves selling fights, and if you're willing to give me Figueredo and Moreno a fourth time, 
you better be willing to give me a fucking Holloway Volkanovski th- three. Uh, you know, like you Fair. have to because not for nothing. The second fight was a split decision. A lot of people think Holloway actually won that fight. So, I mean, I seen even on the post show. I can't even remember who said it. And they were like, "Isn't wouldn't you in your head want to go beat that guy decisively and just end all the talk?" Yeah, no, I mean, and, and like not for nothing, we know that the UFC knows that fight is going to sell. Like everybody knows, everybody like Volkanovski is prime time. Like everybody, he everybody that watches these events knows that he is elite like he's almost probably goat level and everybody who's everybody who watches the fight knows what max holloway is about let's go I mean, run it back let's see it yeah that's kind of where my point after that, go is... if you win that one shit go do whatever the fuck you want go down I mean, go up and i don't shit it doesn't even matter at this point he he goes in there and he starts his Max Hall or not starts his Max Holloway, but he beats Max Holloway for a third time. I mean, his only options are to take at that point new names and then or to go up and wait, right? That isn't to discount Max Holloway. I think Max Holloway has a great chance at uh definitely winning the belt again. Now best Max Holloway, which is him piecing up Calvin Cater, you know, a year and a half ago, versus that was, best that was the craziest performance i've ever gotten to watch like on like so that's crazy i I feel like getting up to that point we've seen max at like super sane full potential when he's fucking up brian ortega and telling him what he's doing wrong right when he's fucking up jose aldo and making it a point to like yo i'm the new king whatever it is right this is my division whatever he stance he's making we've seen Max Holloway draw the line with fucking Ricardo Lamas and say, right here, let's go. Whatever that Super Saiyan level is, we saw the like neon blue Super Saiyan when he fucked up Calvin Cater, right? That was his ultimate like level. That was a new level of Max Holloway where we we're like, okay, this is something different. This is someone who was the king, was the best, went back, worked on something, and his has something that's very clear right here, right? With that being said. The the performance of Volkanovski during the Ortega fight, mixed with what we got from Korean the Korean Zombie fight last night, shows him at the Super Saiyan level. And I don't know which one's going to win when they meet again. If yeah. we get both those Super Saiyans matched up, because there are just oh go ahead. I'm sorry no 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 go for it because I think my my washer's squeaking I'm going to shut my door so just give me a sec go okay no you're good. go with what you're saying so. There are just certain fights that you just we just have to get a trilogy of. Just plain and simple. You gave us Figurator Moreno 3. We are probably going to at some point get Adesanya Whitaker 3. I would imagine at some point. I can't imagine you know, I can't imagine that that not happening. Just because Adesanya is honestly on a level and Whitaker is, you know, a probably in between and then there's everybody else. Um, Usman Covington three. We're probably going to get that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just things that we're going to, it's just certain fights we have to get. We have to have this one. There's nobody else. There is nobody else. And all of that new blood that you have in the featherweight division, you know, the Arnold Allens and all them. Let those dudes fight. Like, let Korean Zombie fight Arnold Allen. Yeah, they make sense. The, they, the, those, like, those maneuvers are like the... It's a definite match to make. Let the rest of the division kind of weed itself out. Let the rest of the division figure itself out and work itself through the weeds and really pit pit the... the hey, this is the next guy that can rattle the three or four wins together and actually claim a title shot because Volkanovski's probably going to want to cement some sort of legacy past a, a max fight. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to want to take on all comers and really say he sees some interesting fights. We don't know who's going to emerge either, right? We don't know who's going to come in and blow the lid off the fucking place. So it's really just a matter of sit back, watch what happens, and just hope that we get whatever culmination of Max and Volk that has shown themselves in these last couple of fights between them or with them rather. And between them, we actually get a definitive on, on 
you know, who's better? Like, I mean, and I don't like know how to how call it. Shitty. I don't know how to call it. Do you feel? Out. How shitty do you feel as Alexander Volkanovsky to just be on the run, the tear that you are on? And there's still slivers of doubt in people's mind, like, nah, Max Holloway is the best featherweight of all time, type shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's this, there's still that out there. Like, it's like, damn, what do I have to do? You got to go out there and beat him a third time, man. You got to go out there and beat him the third time. Like, it That's is a valid what point. it is. That is a valid it, point. It just is what it is. Yeah, because you haven't done it yet. I mean, no, 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 no. You have. Uh, it's a fair point. I do think people are thinking that. Although, after last night, you kind of have to ha- give him a fair shake in the sense that Max Holloway has to be nothing short of perfect come their fight night because Volkanovsky yeah. perfect is fucking real dangerous. Real, just, real dangerous. He's just different. He just prepares I'm different. He's just different. Dirty. Have you seen that video? The the dude that breaks the egg. I'm built different. Yeah. Was, and it's yeah. that fucking little nerd kid. <laughs> I'm built different. So, All right. All right. Co main of my big what? fight. And what a shocker. We have controversy in all of this. Let's get into it. This is going to be wild. Go for Man, it. was I wrong? But I, but I did say. Now I texted you that you were like you said that. I said no. But I did say, and I well maybe I didn't because I, I have the shittiest memory ever. That if Aljo wins this fight, he's going to do it on the ground. You and did. He won that fight, dude. Well, he manhandled Piotr Jan. Okay. Uh, Crazy shit, dude. Yes. Yes. So okay. Hold on, I gotta pull up this graphic. But yes, you're you did say that, but it was in the context of like there's no chance other than him having like some miraculous, like you didn't say miraculous, but there basically wasn't a chance unless we had um like a ground battle and he was able to catch, you know, Pyotr. And he he definitely won it on the ground, but this is where I wasn't necessarily calling you out. I, what I was saying is, hey, no, we didn't I see know. this I'm, coming, I'm, did I'm we? I'm talking shit. And, and no, 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 I know. But to to, to your point, you did call it. And it was, it was a matter of last night's conversation being more of like, a, wow, we didn't really see this coming. And it came out of left field. But it also was like the perfect game plan. And we were talking about Ray Longo building game plans and how he had had Weidman and how he had had fucking Matt Sarah and that's what he does. And like this just approach to a, a, a style and a game plan. And I think that that was obviously put into work, but he didn't necessarily win the fight there. Like that was where he had his strengths. And that's where the majority of the fight took place in the moments that mattered because he neutralized Pitterion and didn't allow him to get any for any form of offense. But the minute the roles were reversed and Jan was able to mount an offense, Sterling wasn't able to get that back. Mm-mm. And I think that really paints a picture of, of why is there he won. He won, and I went back and I watched it today, and this is how fucked up I was on this. Granted, I was also kind of fucked up last night, but... Do you think do you think Aljo won? Dude, I had it a draw, and here's why I had it a draw. First a round... draw? Listen, first round, Petter Young, okay? And That's I'll explain what I why. said! I'll explain why. Yeah, I'll explain why. Second round, 10-8 Sterling. Third round, 10-9 Sterling. Fourth, fifth round, 10-9 Young. Now... Going back and watching it, I can see why they gave it to Sterling, and I made the comment last night. Piotr only looked effective when he was pressing pressing Sterling against the cage. And in those moments, he would get shots off and like ambush Sterling, but a lot of them were hitting shoulders, a lot of them were kind of grazing, and Sterling didn't look effective. The minute Sterling could get to the center of the cage, he would start throwing kicks and punches, and a lot of them did land. And so the perception of the first round is, A, at least for me, you have a Piotr Jan that was very calculated in his pressure, but was when he had him, he would just swing, and he wasn't being calculated. So it looked like he was doing a lot and maybe getting some damage in there, but a lot of it didn't hit. Go back and watch. Whereas when the roles are reversed, 
Sterling, when he's being active in the center of the cage, he hits a jab, he'll hit a lay kick. He maybe does a one, two, maybe three punch combo, one hits, two hits, but they hit and maybe they're few and far between. And I think Jan even did outstrike him round one, but point being, it was a matter of perception in what you thought was actually happening. And I went back and I looked and I could see why they would give it to Sterling in the sense that he got off shots that looked clean where Jan just looked like he had cage control, and that was it. What happened in the fourth and fifth round, Jan got back that cage control, but then he turned it up with his offense. And he was more calculated in that he wasn't, you know, Sterling was throwing lazy shots, and I think it was just to get Jan reactive and maybe even to get his back again because he thought Jan couldn't couldn't defend well, right, given the second and third round. But he was getting kind of weak with the shots I thought shooting from weird distances and Jan was able to to defend and he was up a couple notches because he wanted to win and he knew he probably had to finish so he was really pressing the pace and it it, it took Aljo out of his game and I can definitely see why people were contesting it although after going back and watching it yeah having a 10-8 second round and then a 10-9 third and then a 10-9 first Aljo clearly wins right especially with that 10-8 mm-hmm. now a lot of people are saying that's not an accurate 10-8 because there wasn't enough submission aggression. There wasn't enough going for the submission or chaining submissions together or almost having it. Had he had a little bit more of that action in the submission game, I guess, and I'm putting air quotes here because I don't know what the official rules are, but that's what a lot of people are echoing today. He would have had a 10-8 because he didn't have all of that additional submission progression. He was only given a 10-9 which is why it was, you know, a standard 10-9. But a lot of people did think that that 10-8 was warranted. I was one of them, and that's what I gave it to the first time. Watching it the second time and then hearing their definition of it the second time, okay, 10-9 round. It still goes to to Sterling. But that 10-9 round going to Jan, round one, and then that second round not being a a 10-8 round, then it's Jan's fight with it being a 10-8 round as a draw. And that's how I had initially had it. That's how I thought it was going to... And I was like, man, you can't do this again. You can't have the first fight be a controversy and then a fucking draw. A draw? Are you kidding me? People are going to shit themselves. Shit? Oh Bro, I mean, God. we were doing... We have the, to have a third one. Oh, of course. We have to have a third one now, I think. Not right away. Not a rematch right oh, away. Oh, we'll get one eventually. We're getting one eventually, though. We have to because it's just... It's bad blood. It's a great story. And yeah, this was a split decision. A split. He didn't get a unanimous. It was like a split. The, bo- the boss man doesn't even think that you won. Yeah, dude, that's like, another crazy publicly, thing. Publicly, Dana White doesn't ever really ever say anything about that stuff. Really? Not yeah, much. unless it's completely egregious. Yeah, he doesn't. He'll mention if it's completely egregious or he think it's a wrong he thinks it's a wrong call. This man. one I thought this one I was like, oh, it's a draw for sure. And so when they gave it to him, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't mad at it at all. I think Aljo did a great job. I tried downloading the picture, but because it's a video, it's. It, but he put up that that uh, sorry, Aljo. This is why I didn't believe you application, and it was on his Instagram. Did you see it? No. I'm gonna try to get a picture of this shit. What were your thoughts? What were your takeaways from that fight? And what do you what do you take away from his groundwork? And and yeah, what do you take from the fight? Let's hear. I it. mean, we I mean, we already knew that Aljo had elite groundwork. I mean, what he did to Sandhagen was unheard of. So like. We already knew it. It was just a matter of did was he going to bring this for Piotr and was Piotr going to bring it all, you know, bring his game. I do wonder if not – I don't know who those dudes that were in his quarter. I don't either. So, yeah. like, did he – does him not having his planned corner have anything to do with, you know, anything? Does that make a difference? Oh, I'm sure and, it does. You know, I'm sure that there's and some now, like, there. dude, like, I mean, now Aljo's healthy, like, his neck's all good and everything. Like, man, that's scary for everybody else, man. So, I, I mean, I'm excited to see what's gonna happen, but I, I would love to see uh, Aljamain yawn three with like no problems. Everyone have, you know, got his coaches and all that. Like, let's. Let's make that happen. I mean, I feel like we could get that. I feel like we could get some sort of, of, you know, rematch hyped up, especially, I mean, Aljo has to defend against somebody else. I think that that's fair. You know, uh, Petter was off. Well, he was off his game. He was off his game and he looked it for those two rounds for sure. Absolutely. 
the fourth and fifth rounds kind of came off as desperation rounds. Obviously, he's trying to win the fight. Obviously, he's going to be desperate. But, I mean, he just – he you could tell that he was in his mind behind, and he was just – his sense of urgency was there, but was he being effective with it? Not necessarily. You know, and that really does come down to that line that people like to draw. Uh, you know, well, did you beat the champ? No. Well, okay, bummer. Sorry, you didn't beat and the champ. So I guess it, I guess it doesn't count. That's a big thing too. Like that's for for like in the case of that fight, I'm a very big believer in if you want to be the champ, you have to beat the champ. Like they say that all the time. You know what I mean? Like that's a big thing. Like that's why everyone's like, well, why about with like even Whitaker Izzy too? They were like, well, Whitaker won that fight, so he didn't really beat Izzy. You got you got to beat the champ, yeah. and like Jan didn't really beat Aljo, like. You know, he might want to, you know, you didn't decisively take the belt. So, you know, you, can't you leave didn't. it up to doubt. You didn't. Can't. And I and I feel like it's not necessarily like, it's not necessarily a case where it was that egregious of, oh, you didn't beat the champ. You can't really do no. much about it. Yada, yada. We're like, no, it's not the case. All right. It was still a good fight. It was still something that was you know, entertaining, obviously it was very competitive at times. And yeah. if anything, it showed how good both of them are in those, in those times where like Aljo had a point to prove, came out heavy hearted, heavy handed, and like really implemented a smart tactical game plan. Oh, yeah. And it caught Jan off guard. And in that Jan had to respond and Jan had to basically act on the fly and what did he do? He did so accordingly. I mean, it's not, you know, a necessarily a bad performance. Now, you know, it wasn't his best. And he, he, you could tell that it was coming from a place where he was behind. And ultimately, and unfortunately, again, you didn't get it done. Again, it shows Aljo is a great competitor. He does have a skill set that people aren't really prepared for. All this shit about how he, he fucking no gas tank and how he doesn't have a, he's not skilled or he lacks a strong skill set or how he's just a, he's a journeyman and he's had this you know kind of eclectic background or not eclectic background but the sporadic background of wins losses not any real strong points like you're okay all that aside he's also able to build a skill set and he's also able to implement a very very solid game plan that him and his team obviously worked very hard on and he didn't let the mind games get to him you know how many people fold under pressure especially with all these fucking trolls online and i heard a quote today oh yeah and we were, dude, we didn't think he would do it, right? I'll, I'll, I thought Petter was going to win, plain and simple. But that didn't, that doesn't mean we can discount everything Aljo has done. And I heard a quote today that said, Aljo paid for Petter's foul. And that's true, man. Petter was the one that was in the wrong. He initially threw the foul in the first fight. And everybody attacked Aljo for it, which yeah. is crazy to think about. And he went into this rematch really with the fucking bullseye on him and he was able to get it done and and prove everybody wrong just for the moment and I want him to I want to see him fight Dillashaw. I want to see him fight Sandhagen again. I want to see him in this bantamweight division as champion because I think he went through it and yeah, Piotr was not in my mind robbed of a victory at all. No. No, I don't think he was robbed. I don't think there was any robbery. It's just, it's just you know, it's just you know. Depends on who, what, how you how you viewed the fight. Got one for you. Hopefully it uh, hopefully it works. But Aljo put this up on his uh, Instagram today, and I implore all of you to head over to his Instagram and take this take this application that he is so diligently trying to get us to f- fill out. Look at that shit, son. <laughs> the Aljo Sterling <laughs> apology form. Reason for behavior. The media convinced oh, me he was done. I didn't watch his actual fights. I only looked at advanced analytics. I don't know MMA. Mercury was in <laughs> retrograde. I was jealous of Aljamain Sterling. I will hereby respect Aljamain Sterling. And I will not. I didn't get the rest of it. But yeah, he's basically. Can I just have an other and just say that I just thought Pyotr Yam was better? Like, I know, but you know. That's all. Nobody, like, nobody in the MMA ethos ethos of the internet especially is coming at aljo and going you know what aljo you're really good but petter's just he's just a little better than you man that's just what it is no they're going you're a bitch bro you had hurt oh here's some tylenol Uh, fucking they're fucking with them dude 
Yeah. So he's fucking. Yeah. Like, like that's not even not, it's not even any of them. I'm not even trying to hate. I just like. Oh, there's haters out there, bro. There were people hating on him, unfortunately. Oh, huge facts. Sometimes everyone just be hating in general, man. People are just fucking miserable. <laughs> All right, man. I so, just think they can pick on uh, celebrities and rich people because I know their feelings. The fuck, do you think you are? I'm just gonna put a. Uh... Why did none yeah, of these? Are we fucking... are we moving on? Are we moving on to the people's main event? Let's like... go, baby. I know. I don't know why any. Why I saved Holy three or four pictures, but shit. Yeah. I so have, I we 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 could have done a whole fucking episode maybe about this one. This shit was insane. <laughs> uh oh, we lost Brian. Oh no! Right when we right when we got to the best part. Right when we get to the best part. Oh man, we are about to get into Gilbert Burns and Hamzat Chemaev when he gets back. Because this shit was insane. Uh, definitely the fight of the year so far. Potentially uh, going to be the fight of the year. Because I don't know how it gets much better than that, everyone. That was an absolute slugfest. The man got tested. And I think we may have a legitimate uh, title contender on our hands here. We lost Brian. See what happened here. Oh shit! My Brian said power surge. This man got hit with the power surge. Oh, that's out of control. <laughs> Man. Have you been here the whole time? Yeah, I was sitting here. Yeah, I was talking a little bit. I was just trying to, I was like kind of setting Hell the stage yeah. for what we were Dude, doing. Oh my God. I fucking a power surge or something. We go to talk. Okay. I'm so glad that you were live. Okay. Fuck yeah, dude. I thought we lost you. Okay, cool. Dude, I was so nervous. I'm like, how am I going to edit this fucking together? Am I even going to have the audio for it? Oh no, 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 no. I, I, I'll, I set the stage for the uh, potential fight of the year that we uh are about to talk about oh man yeah give me a sec you can still hear me yeah yeah i can still hear you okay i can't cool, see cool, you cool. i'll let you common chaos logo but i can yeah, yeah. i can still hear I'm you fucking, i'm getting my yeah dude i don't know what i fucking my break right now i don't know i don't know what the fuck that was what the fuck i do have a lot of shit going on right now but i didn't think it was like fucking with my there we go that I think is it was fucking out of control. Dude, we start talking about Hamza and all of a sudden shit goes out. Yeah, shit goes just whack. boom. <laughs> Your power search is <laughs> smash. Oh, dude, I'm so power glad that we're, I'm so glad that you stayed though. Okay, cool, perfect. Well, yeah. So, okay, back. <laughs> Sorry, I folks. I wasn't. I wasn't jumping off the ship until somebody was like, "Hey, we're done." And I was all right. like, "All right, well, that's the end of the episode, guys. Sorry, we don't know what we're doing here." Bye bye. Game all hasn't right. been called on account of rain yet. Yeah, dude. Oh my god, this was an absolute slugfest. Back fucking back alley brawl type shit. I thought I was about to watch a wrestling versus jujitsu match, and I got barely any of that. This was a stand up, punch each other in the face, and man. God. Brian, go ahead, take the fucking floor. I'm, I'm out of words, man. Like, I'm okay. speechless right now because, wow. You know, like, when you watch Gaethje and Chandler, like, you just you were watching them just beat the shit out of each other, and you're just yeah. like, man, I know I'm watching, like, a potential Hall of Fame fight. You knew that you were, that was, like, that, the night that they were putting the Cubs-Swanson fight into, uh, yeah, dude. Shout uh, out to the Hall of Fame. We got to watch that. That's what that was going to be. We're going to be able to say that we watched that. Man, just fucking crazy, dude. So as a as a real quick uh, as a real quick just shout out to uh, Cub Swanson. He uh, am I coming in okay? I don't feel like. No, you're good. You're good. Except we just lost you again. 
No. This shit is going crazy right now. It's a shout out Cub Swans and power outage. There you are, see. All right. Okay. Boom. Boom. Sorry, guys. McDonald's Wi-Fi. Russia's hacking in. I don't know. I don't know what. Oh my god! It's going gnarly over there. Anyways, um, yeah, we've got uh, Hamzat defeating Gilbert Burns. You could have told me that this fight was going to be a wrestling versus jujitsu match. You could have told me it was going to be boxing versus jujitsu. You could have told me that it was going to be boxing versus boxing. All the above. I would have never guessed that it would have been three rounds of just this climax of just back and forth nonsense. They completely, I think, abandoned any sort of relevant grappling game plan they had outside of just trying to get the other down for the sake of violence. And we saw Hamzat and Gilbert both get takedowns and knockdowns. They were fucking bloody messes. Uh, my shit crashed, so I lost all the blood and gore photos that I had, but you can see them all over the internet right now. They were both a brutal fucking mess. Hamzat went live mm-hmm. today on Instagram, has a fucking stitches across his cheek. You know, Gilbert Burns was literally in a fight for his life. He hit Hamzat with some of the hardest punches I've ever seen Gilbert throw. Hamzat, what else can you say about him? He's a fucking tank. He took it in stride and came back and kept giving it. Clearly won. Uh, it was a unanimous decision. I think Gilbert Burns really only had the second round, and that's where he fucking rocked Hamzat, dropped him at one point, um, caught him with several clean, good, hard shots, busted his face up, knocked him down on the ground, was able to keep him off of him on the ground, had a very solid round, but ultimately Hamzat, first and third round, just had control, got a couple knockdowns, several takedowns in there. It A, showed that Hamzat can be defeated. He is beatable. Uh, it just is going to take a certain someone special. Gilbert Burns was obviously pushed to the brink and I think had, you know, probably the fight of his life, man. And afterwards, when, when, when a fighter goes in and thanks their entire family coaching staff, and all he can say is that you can't fucking kill me and I'm a fighter and that's just, and it's very straight to the point and simple on the post interview, right? Post fight interview. It's, you know, that he's coming from a place of just his core being exposed. And you only get that when you're almost beat to death. Right. And those two guys were just fucking. Wow. I mean, fight of the year so far, it's probably going to be fight of the year at the end of it. I mean, shout out to Cub Swanson, which I was going to say a second ago, you know, I've had the privilege and the honor of training with Cub for a couple of years before I moved out here. And, you know, he's just a he's a fucking great guy and deserves every bit and piece of recognition he gets and what he does for people in the valley where we're from and all around just Southern California, his family, his people. He's a great guy and he deserves every bit of recognition and him and Duho Choi's fight getting inducted into the fighter wing or the fight wing of the UFC Hall of Fame where they honor fucking great battles, gladiator battles. Uh, he yeah. was definitely in one of them. This is going to be added to that, man. This Hamzat Burns fight is a legendary fight. And, you know, I was I originally said I didn't like the Colby-Hamzat idea if Hamzat came in and starched Gilbert, which a lot of people thought that could happen, right? I didn't. I thought Gilbert Burns could win. Um, but everybody went Hamzat, you know, and I think that even with the Gilbert slant, everybody expected him to at least show that Hamzat was otherworldly or human, and he's definitely more human, right? Gilbert definitely brought it, and that was one of the best versions of Gilbert we've probably seen. But I also think that there was some skill thrown out the window. I also think that it was at one point turned to blood and guts brawl. We saw Hamzat's coach yell at him in between rounds because he wasn't wrestling. He abandoned the wrestling smash that he likes to do for this brawling style. And, you know, you could tell that that was the cadence come 
midway of the second round, and they weren't really turning back. They weren't really going to go back on their fucking fundamentals. I think he tried to get some wrestling in there, and then he realized, like, Gilbert's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. And Kicked it's him off like, of him twice. He even said in the post-fight thing, he said, he said, I went down, he said, I don't want to deal with that shit. Yeah. Like, because he is elite at that stuff. That's why I am all about Hamzat Colby Covington. Yes. I need and, all of that because yeah. that is elite wrestler versus elite wrestler. And we're going to, we get to see how that goes. The problem is, is I think Hamzat will outstrike Colby and I think he will beat the dog piss out of Colby Covington. See, a lot of people are saying that it's going to be competitive and I'm in your camp. I don't think Colby has this kind of, I don't know if Kamaru Usman has this kind of slowdown pressure because don't forget, Gilbert Burns also dropped Kamaru, right? Gilbert Burns put mm-hmm. Kamaru on his ass and was very close to winning that that fight in that moment. And, you know, that's not to say Hamzat couldn't can't be beat by Kamaru. Kamaru can definitely beat him. And I actually probably in my mind really favored Kamaru in a, in a match against him now in a couple of years. I don't know. In a couple of years, I, I don't know what the hell Kamaru. Hamzat's going to do. I can't and bet against them. Man. I don't even. He's just a beast. I don't even want to acknowledge Hamzat going to 185 because that's just feed me Scary all that hours. mess. Feed me it. Him and Whitaker, yes. Him and fucking Marvin Vittori, yes. Him and Paulo Costa, yes. Him and Adesanya, yes. Want me to keep going? Him and Izzy. Him and Jack Hermanson, yes. Him and Izzy. Him and Kelvin Gastelum, yes. Fucking insane, dude. Everybody, dude. Everybody. Can you imagine, can you imagine Hamzat and Sean Strickland? Oh my god, I didn't even think about Sean Strickland. Yeah, Hamzat and Sean Strickland. That'd How did I forget about bat. him? Hamzat and fucking Derek Brunson. Hamzat and fucking Ham, Jared Cannonier. Chimaev and Sean Strickland would be an absolute bloodbath. Fuck, dude. I don't even want to talk about God. That. It's so yeah, annoying we're, we're because we got to so get through this off. fucking we welterweight. Yeah. That. Yeah, we got to get in this. And so, yeah, Walter Waite, you got to give him Colby. I think he smashes Colby, unfortunately. But Smash. that's going to be such a hype fight. That fight's going to be so rowdy and so much Oh, my God. The press conference for that security is going to be guards. insane. It's just going to be him calling him cum shot the whole time. Wow. Watch them fucking make that an interim title fight for no fucking reason. That'd be boring. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. And for Gilbert Burns, I mean... He's still a very active Walter Waite, obviously. He's... St- gonna only drop the number what four what does Hamzat get does Hamzat really take number two he doesn't right yeah man does he I I I'd he like to say everybody no, but dude, I mean you can't leave Gilbert Burns there but you I can't write fa- I think they're fast tracking this this kid man well they're fast tracking yeah. him they want him they want him there well did you hear said. did you hear the did you hear the uh so uh, not to cut you off, but actually Gilbert no, Burns no. asked for this asked for this fight. He texted Dana White and asked for the fight personally or something. And Luke Thomas, those guys I told you to listen to, the Morning Combat guys, they yeah. interviewed him at his at his gym, his camp, and they interviewed him in his in his cage and he showed him the text messages. And he they were like, Whoa. They were blown away. They were like, You fucking animal. You asked for he really went to Dana and said, I want the Kamzat fight. Kamzat fight. And they gave it to him. Because like so that was him going for Hamzat. That's crazy to think about. So he put his number two on the line, going for that that heat. He wanted all that smoke, and you know, Hamzat fucking did it. He wants to know if he's legit, including he the fighters. Up. He showed up. The fighters want to know if he's if this dude is the real fucking deal, <laughs> and he is. I don't know if but Colby said anything ste- either. He didn't steamroll Gilbert. Colby got Colby got other problems right now. <laughs> Colby can't even go to steakhouses and enjoy himself right now. Oh, damn, he got to chill. Um, yeah, dude. Like it's you know, it was great, man. I just can't believe we got a we got a fight of the year that and it's April. You know what I mean? Like if we get one better than that, I'm I'm gonna be sick. Like it's gonna be that's gonna be too good, but yeah, man, great. Yeah, great. Kobe hasn't said uh, anything on social media, so that makes me think that he's a little weary of that. I'd expect if Colby was really if Colby's willing to sell, maybe he might be still caught up in the Mazel thing. But in my head, if Colby wants to sell a fight, 
and he loves selling fights. He goes, all right, come shot. He goes, all right, come shot. Now what? And posts like a picture of him with the American flag or some shit. And then like, cause you know that that's what people want. And that's what the talk was from Dana. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Fuck dude. Yeah. All right. So Hamza, he's a tank and a shorter smash. He's getting Colby. The boss already said it, barring some yep. weird, some weird intervention for, of some kind. Kobe Covington and Hamzat Shamayev is probably going to be booked. I mean, shortly after the Kamaru uh, Leon Edwards fight, which is also a great fucking fight. Let's not forget mm-hmm. Leon Edwards and Hamzat, Leon Edwards and Gilbert Burns, Leon Edwards and Kobe Covington. Can this? Can these divisions just get any fucking better? Man? Who is it? Who do you think Gilbert fights after this? Because like, I mean, like, dude, I was. How far down does Gilbert really fall? You know, he he can't fall. He can't fall that far. Plain and simple, dude. Because he's you. I mean, you definitely have to put Hamzat up there. They haven't updated him. Obviously, they don't update him until mid Monday. But you can't. You can't put anybody ahead of Gilbert Burns outside of Hamzat. And he's sitting at number two. Maybe, maybe by virtue of Leon Edwards being in the main in the title fight versus Kamaru Usman, you maybe move him to number two. And you put Hamzad at three, Gilbert at four. That might be the move. That might be the move. You move Leon Edwards up by virtue of the title fight, because he's already in it, and you put him at number two, fighting Kamaru Usman. Hamzat gets number three. He still has to fight Colby at number one. And then you put Gilbert Burns at four. Vicente Luque goes from four to five. Bilal Muhammad, who's fighting Vicente Luque this weekend, goes from five to six, so on and so forth. I think that's how you do I it. I like that. Look, and we got Vicente Luque fighting. I'm not the fucking Saturday. matchmaker. Yeah, fighting Bilal Muhammad, man. That's going to be a crazy fight. And then we've got Leon Edwards, Kamara Usman coming up in a couple months, man. That's a fucking bananas fight in that division. Charles Oliveira and and uh, Charles Oliveira and homeboy Justin Gaethje isn't that that's May 9th? When is that? May seventh, right? I'm pretty sure it's May seventh. Yeah, it's May seventh. So, all right. Uh, some last couple uh, look last couple uh, takeaways from uh, the fight card. Mackenzie Dern takes a split decision from Tisha Torres. Did you see her climb up that cage, dude? Man, just an absolute, just an absolute boa constrictor. Yeah, bro, which she's crazy. Just man, that shit was crazy. Yeah, she's crazy. She was she's crazy. Uh, deserving of a title shot for sure. I know she was even critical of herself and said, "You know what? I'm not rushed into a title shot. I just want to get in the picture and." you know, prove that I'm, I'm worthy of it. And I think she definitely did by that performance last night. Although it was a split decision, Tisha Torres, I mean, she looked great, man. She defended very she well, great. had great answers for Mackenzie Dern's relentless jujitsu. You know, Mackenzie Dern is a world-class jujitsu practitioner Facts. for those casuals. World-class jujitsu is completely different than MMA jujitsu. It doesn't always translate, but in the world of jujitsu, there is none better. So they know exactly what they're doing when it goes to the ground and when it comes to the controls, the attacks, the defense, and the offense. That doesn't always mean that it's going to work and it's going to be better or it's going to prevail against their opponent. It just means that they have a world-class understanding of jiu-jitsu as a sport and as a fundamental martial art, and they execute it to near perfection, and Mackenzie Dern does so in almost every fight she's in in some way even if she's losing she has just a display of jujitsu prowess that is not replicated at all in any female division that i'm aware of and is you know up 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 on par with a lot in the men's division if not among some of the best look at a gilbert burns probably one of the best in the welterweight division world-class mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu world champion in jiu-jitsu alone Charles Oliveira. Charles Oliveira in the lightweight division, the most submission victories <laughs> in UFC history. You know? Yeah. Fucking keep them coming. Like, like, it's intense shit. And she's great. And she put on phenomenal display of it this weekend. And you guys should definitely check that out. She just, she's another, another world man. Uh, you wanted to talk about the Mickey Gall, uh, Michael Mallett fight, correct? Oh my God, dude. Great he fight. Knocked him the fuck out. 
out, bro. I'm a Mickey, I'm a Mickey Golf fan. I believe it was mm-hmm. Mallon's debut, correct? I believe so, yeah. It was his debut, and uh, I'm a Mickey Golf fan and was, you know, hoping he would come away with a victory, but, man, he got face-planted. It, it's it's a highlight real knockout for sure, for man. sure. And then, not for, and then the uh... – not for that, all the post-fight stuff about uh, his coach's daughter getting cancer. And as he's walking, he does a post-fight. He goes, in, like, in the back and does, like, the press conference of the post-fight. And fans, they gave him, like, an envelope of money. He said there could have been, like, thousands of dollars in it. Yeah. And Dana White told him to keep his show money, and they're going to give the 10000 They're going to pay for the $10,000. They're going to match it. And... I think they had a GoFundMe that they started. I think it said it raised like $77,000 up to last night. You know, there's there's something to be said for moments like that and people who take that oh, little yeah. 15 seconds or 30 seconds of fame with Joe Rogan to, you know, whoever the post-fight interviewer is to, you know, stake their claim and they can literally say and do whatever they want. And Mallet took a chance to... Just voice his concern and his care for a friend and for a family member. Yeah. And you could tell it was very heartfelt. His fuck cancer roar. He was emo that was emotion. Mm-hmm. That was a straight yell of emotion. I was like, oh damn, this fool, yeah. this guy is serious about this. I mean, and yeah, I mean that's a sobering thing. It's man. so touching, man. It's so touching to see someone be able to go up there and just not only put on a performance like that, but then compose and calm afterwards, go, you know what? It's not even about this. It's about someone else who really needs it. And, you know. I made the comment of of one of our friends maybe attending the January 6th riots, which may or may not be true, but there was probably several MMA fans and maybe an MMA uh, fighter or two, looking at you, Pat Militich, uh, at the January 6th riots. And uh, for as crazy as MMA fans can be at times, uh, they obviously show up when their people need them, you know, and that's that's good on those that were able to contribute. And yeah, if the GoFundMe and the stuff's still up and, People can still contribute. Definitely, definitely should do do that. And that's uh, good on Mike Mallett for not only a great performance, a highlight real knockout in your UFC debut, but oh, also to put man. another one ahead of you. He fought. Oh, we were like, oh <laughs> my god! Like man. it was terrible. Uh, and then, and then Alexi Olenek. Fuck, man! Wow, yo, can he get, can he get any older and any more brutish, <laughs> bro? <laughs> I don't know, but. All I know is Jared Vandera was huffing and puffing for his life. Mm-hmm. And that Man. comes after. Did, that comes did, did after. you see him? Like, he was almost throwing. I think, he, did he say he threw up in the ring? Oh, he might have. Oh, I don't he know. He was dry he heaving for sure. I don't know if he ended up throwing up, but dude, they showed him like he was just like, oh, like on his knees. Like, oh my God. It was crazy. Like I was like, bro, he like me and me and my friends were watching. We we're like, dude, he's full blown purple, damn, full blown, yeah, dude. And he hits that scarf choke out of nowhere. That's like his fiftieth, yeah, his fiftieth win, his forty seventh submission, he uh, his forty seventh submission victory in UFC, mind you, or in MMA. That is a fucking crazy thing to think about. He has forty seven submission victories as a heavyweight. The heavyweights have always been kind of a contested. They're either good at jiu-jitsu or they're not, right? But you have some jiu-jitsu practitioners, uh, Fabricio Verdun, Frank Mir, Big Nog, Little Nog. There are some good jiu-jitsu heavyweights out there. But Aspinall looked like he got some good ground oh, game, yeah. man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I mean, you have to nowadays. You have, you know, uh, John Jones has submissions, light heavyweight too, right? You know, John yeah. Jones got some submissions on there. Um, John Jones coming to the heavyweight division. Yeah, dude. Yeah, we could, do, yeah. we could go into all that. Like, we could do all, half of that. We're already at a fucking hour. Yeah, like. we are. We got to. We got to. We got to get this shit going. Um, yeah, that was our uh, preview, review, post cap, recap, whatever you want to call it of UFC two seventy three, uh, working class violence version of the Common Chaos podcast. I appreciate everybody's support. You can check us out at uh, commonchaos.net. You can also hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at the Common Chaos. Uh, boom, Twitter, Instagram at the common chaos. You can also catch uh, Jordan and myself on I Hate the Scene every Friday at uh, 10 p.m. Central, 11 p.m. Eastern, and 8 p.m. Pacific. Is that right? It is right, yes, sir. Um, so yeah, you can also get the podcast at commonchaos.net. 
That's right, Beachies. And then I've also got my YouTube up officially. I need to hit 100 subscribers. I'm at like 12 or something because I literally just started it. But uh, if you guys can give me a like, a follow, or a subscribe or whatever that is on YouTube and I hit 100 followers, I can then change my channel to just YouTube mm-hmm. slash C slash Common Chaos. So, yeah. If you guys could do that, that'd be great. I'm also going to need you to come in over the weekend. Jordan, they can find you at Jordan Madro. Yes, sir. As always on Instagram and Twitter. And again, guys, save yourself some shit on some supplements and use my promo codes. Sports podcast. Uh, yeah, I was going to, we didn't talk about something on I Hate the Scene that I wanted to bring up with you, but I forgot, man. So <laughs> maybe if I think about it. On Friday. Damn, I know. Well, no, we forgot to talk about it. It was something that we were going to bring up on this last episode and we glossed it over because we ended up talking about like, Orange Julius's or something. (laughs) All right, man. Appreciate you. I'll uh, catch you on uh, Friday. Yes, sir. All right, everybody. Take care.